This episode of ACMG Presents Talk Time Live is brought to you in part by Viewfinders Identity Search and Design. Your choice for web design, graphic design, and all multimedia development needs. Visit VFISAD.com and let us bring your vision to reality. This is Charlotte Chung and Fred Tatashore. And you're listening to ACMG Presents Talk Time, time Live. It's time. Talk Time. Let's go. Anime, comics, movies, and games, come on and let's get it. Talk time. Anime, comics, movies, and games, come on and let's get it. Talk time. Anime, comics, movies, and games, come on and let's get it. Talk time. Anime, comics, movies, and games, come on and let's get it. Talk time. Live. Started in the 80s with Matt Cross. Dudes in the hood might have called that soft, but I carried that cross like Jesus did. Fast forward, I teach the kids to learn how to let go, live life, and show love to all things that don't matter where y'all from and luckily there's a show called talk time we've been waiting for this for a long time Dax kicks the facts on all the geek news special guests and unbiased reviews suburban kids the hipster street dudes all can learn something new me too i heard words when no faith is empty i stayed the course though my haters tempt me beat the podcast that'll make them envy it ain't too trendy it's acmg anime comics movies and games to come on and let's get it talk time anime comics movies and games to come on and let's get it talk time anime comics movies and games to come on and let's get it talk time anime comics movies and games to come on and let's get it talk time Welcome back to the Journal of My Life that covers all things anime, comics, movies, and games. This is ACMG Presents Talk Time Live, the Prime Show. I am your host, Xavier Josiah. Hope everybody's having a uh, pleasant morning. This is uh, November 5th as we're recording this right now. Still can't believe it's November, man. It, it just it just flew by. October was just crazy. So much going on with October. So many great things going on in October. But we're in November. Things just slow down just a bit. We are getting to the holiday season. Holiday season technically already started a long time ago. If you're watching TV, they're already showing commercials of Christmas already, which is still to me to this day is crazy. And I know it's I shouldn't be saying that by now. I should be used to that because I used to work for CVS and I used to work in retail. So they would speed up. I remember when they first started doing the speed up process with the holidays and it just boggled me to this day like why are they doing this this is just ridiculous and now it's just it's normal it, it is now part of our normalcy which i still think people don't hate like hate the idea of this but it is getting it before it's too late so i get it but nonetheless let's talk about this show this show is going to be huge and we're going to be talking about anime or animation in general because there is a lot of shows coming out this month and just just this week alone we got three big animated series that i highly recommend that you guys check out on netflix if you have netflix and you probably do because due to the recent news that there's been a a, a, a an increase in membership recently chances are you're doing it yeah they're charging a lot more but you kind of understand why when you look at all the things they bringing to you um we're going to be talking about three shows this week one of which is pluto we're, yeah, we're like doing three shows it's, it's a review but not a review but it's just like 
I've watched all three of these shows. I've binged through all three of these shows and we're going to have a great time talking about all three of them. So I'm going to talk about Unimusha based on the time honored classic cult game, uh, cult classic game, I should say. Um, love Unimusha and the fact that they came out with an anime was just absolutely tremendous. So we'll be talking about that. We'll also be talking about Pluto, which is based around the world of Tetsuyo Adam. Uh, for those of you who don't know that, that's Astro Boy. And if you don't know what that is, that is like one of the original anime characters, one of the first. This is Japan's Mickey Mouse, to be honest. Like this is the, I mean, we talk about Goku and all the stuff. Like he is, Goku and Dragon Ball is the most popular. But if you go back to like the original anime series, the very first, it Tetsuya Adam is usually the one that everybody goes to and talks about. It's one of the first animes to come out back then. It's like I think it premiered all the way up in the 50s, and I'll get that information um in a sec. But also, it's also slated as probably one of the first animated TV shows in America um to ever air on tv like it was it's 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 been around that long ago and it always kept re it it kept resurfacing uh it, it around you know for quite a long time uh, i believe the original series was in 1963 here in america but it also aired in 1950 i think it goes far as back as 1959 but the astro boy anime series premiered in 1963 and then another one came in the 1980s and then they also brought in another one in the 80s you know it, they just kept bringing it back um and it is one of the most amazing amazing franchises of all time and they brought it back with this new telling in this new situation and it, it is it is i gotta tell you it's pretty awesome you're gonna want to definitely check that out but also blue eye samurai premiered this uh week too and whoo do we got to talk about that one because i had no idea i didn't i was i did not know what to expect watching this i thought this was going to be like your you know prototypical samurai feudal japan type of story no they took it to a whole nother level and uh, i'm so looking forward to talking about that as well as all three of these shows um at on the top on a, as our talk topic so which is why i call this animania like and this is just the first three of this month we also got scott pilgrim coming which is coming out on the 17th we still got so many other shows that are coming out that are it's just crazy um you know it, it's almost you could argue that netflix is kind of you know they got a defense. They got legs to stand on as to why they're charging some of these prices. Now, I know I've said in the past, as far as I think they're purposely hiking this up for us, for uh, you know, in the midst of what's going on with the SAG after strike and all that stuff. But I mean, to their credit too, like they are putting in some major hardcore shows. And for anime fans, they're doing some great original content for you and you know it's it's just amazing what these guys have been able to do um so we'll talk about all that down the line too but we got a bunch of interesting news to talk about uh so let's not waste any time folks let's find out what's new in the world of acmg 
And now, it's time to find out what's new in the world of ACMG. We're going to start off with some unfortunate news here as uh, I'm going to bring up something that's probably more sad for those who've watched the DC lineup on the CW. And that is that the CW has announced an end to the DC era as Superman and Lois will have their final season coming up very soon. Uh, according to IGN, they're... Uh, the CW actually announced that season four will uh, will be confirmed their last over and it is stated by Brad Schwartz, who is the CW president of entertainment. And he says over the last three seasons, Superman and Lois redefined both the superhero genre and family drama as Tyler, Elizabeth and the entire cast effortlessly per, uh, portrayed these characters, these classic characters with the with new layers of depth and complexity that had never before been seen in the superman universe which is absolutely true if you watch that show that show was the superman and lois show is so good um it's unfortunate like they decided to do what they did and i'll talk about that in a minute but let me finish up here uh going back to the quote now that the show is coming to an end its conclusion will mark the end of an era wrapping up dc's commitment to the cw that means basically there will be no more superhero movies on the cw they're going a different direction it seems like and uh be interesting to see what happens because at if you guys remember when arrow came out that opened up a firestorm of all these other shows and the biggest watched most rate highly rated shows was the arrowverse shows for the course of a decade with cw and it, it's, it was an awesome time it was absolutely an awesome time but you know it seems that things are just winding down changes happening think so much has happened over the years so i mean like i can see why this is happening we are grateful for the years of hard work and graceful storytelling from the show's writers producers actors and crew as well as the terrific partner uh partners at c uh, warner brothers television and Berlanti Productions added Swartz as Superman uh, embarks in, in his final uh, flight. The team is leaving us with an absolutely epic 10 episode. So now it's 10 and not 12, by the way. Uh, must watch every minute farewell to one of the most legendary CW families ever. So, I mean, like I said, like 10 years of DC uh tv shows successful dc tv shows now we'll say um i would it arrow came out arrow premiered when was that i wasn't around like the two yeah 2012 and that was a big year for comic books that was the that was the um the nerd era if you will you know in pop culture where it was okay to like comic books and all that stuff and it still is now we've now embraced it more than we ever did but before that you were still kind of not looked down upon for like getting down with anime and all that stuff now it's just a part of the zeitgeist now it's just part of normalcy it's not really as much trendy as it much is just accept it um but it was it became a big thing where people were not afraid to admit that they love this stuff and also it helped that iron man was a successful movie that led to the 
Avengers and led to all this stuff happening. So, see, you know, CW decided to jump on a bandwagon too. They came out with Arrow and Arrow, the new Arrow, mind you, because the Arrow before this, the green Arrow before this was the character on Smallville. And I think that the guy who played, believe it or not, the guy who played um, Green Arrow in the Super, the Super, um, in, in, in uh, Smallville, he was slated to be Aquaman in a pilot. And if, by the, I believe it might still be on what used to be known as HBO Max, now Max. But if you go into the DC deal, the pilot that they had for Aquaman the original Aquaman was it should be in there and I actually watched it at the time it was actually pretty good but they never pulled the trigger on it um and then they just decided to make him green um green arrow and he became this new version of green arrow with a hood and that became something I think that translated into comics I don't know if the comics made it first or they came, they came up with it but they didn't want to go with the Robin Hood thing because they thought it was too dorky but the hood fashion worked and then they decided to go and do a whole different one. But Greg Berlanti came out and created uh, Arrow, starring Stephen Amell, made Stephen Amell a household name at this point. And along with all these other ones, um, Emily Bett Rickards, uh, Katie Cassidy, Dave Ramsey, you know what I'm saying? Like Willow Holland, like it, it became a big thing. And they kind of patterned themselves around the Christopher Nolan vibe. You know, they used a little bit of that formula to create the essence of what Arrow is going to be. So Arrow was their Batman at the time. And then it just it was it was highly successful. And I believe like by the second season, that's when the Flash came in and then things changed forever. And it just led it to all these other things, the, you know, the uh, Legends of Tomorrow and led to Supergirl. Supergirl actually almost didn't make it because the first season was so bad when it was on this um when it was on cbs and luckily greg berlanti pulled it into the cw universe and it was already it was already connected to the arrowverse because they did an episode where um they did like a world's finest episode where you know barry and um and kara actually did a crossover of the shows so they did connect the two together and then they officially did it when he brought Supergirl to the CW and changed everything by second season like go ahead and watch the first season of Supergirl it is terrible but watch the second season it gets so much better and even Kat Graham played by Calista Flockhart was even a much more likable character as we go along and everything like we I used to hate that character people used to hate that character but as time went by they changed her character direction to a point that like she was devil wears Prada, but you started liking how she performed and turned the whole thing around. So by the time they left it, she left the show. People were like clamoring for her to come back. And then by the end of Supergirl, she came back and they made the comeback and people were more than excited and ecstatic for that. So they did that. And then Black Lightning came out and they did a few other projects and all that stuff, too. And then the biggest things was was the major crossovers, you know, um, you know, uh, Crisis on Earth X, which was I still say is the best of them all. Um, that's when he killed Firestorm, uh, Professor Stife. Man, I was, people were so bad. People were so, so mad and sad about that. That was like a big Transformers the movie moment right there. Um, and then, you know, Crisis on Earth, um, on Infinite Earths came out and that didn't disappoint at all. Like all of the crossovers did so great. Earth, um, 
what was the other one um there was a few other ones that they that they did um that were good not the not exactly as good as earth x or earth, infinite earths but uh elseworld elseworld was okay elseworld was okay but it didn't live up as much as the other ones but man i'll tell you what and then he also mind you they also brought in constantine who also had his own show on nbc and that flopped because nbc didn't know what to do with it either so they added they brought constantine onto the cw arrowverse and joined him with the uh, legends of tomorrow best idea ever and that kept him relevant uh for quite some time and uh they just did a great job for 10 years and people forget like the cw arrowverse lasted 10 years strong um and it was it was awesome it was absolutely awesome but granted you gotta admit they gotta admit they did what made it so successful was that they took the marvel cinematic universe formula they did everything that the marvel cinematic universe did in terms of connectivity and in 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 story development and how everything connects and all that stuff they did exactly that and and mind you they did it way more successful than the cw films era the 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 snyderverse era was totally convoluted uh in comparison and it did not work everybody wanted you know this they wanted them to connect all of the arrowverse stuff and make movies based on them like instead of doing the the crisis on infinite earth you know miniseries or or x earth x miniseries make that a movie they could have done it easily but they decided they want they want to try to do their own thing and try to differentiate themselves from what marvel uh studios was doing and it did it poorly because the four <laughs> excuse me it, it it's kind of reminded me of you know if you want to use any type of example or metaphor whatever it's tony is people trying to emulate the stark reactor and try to duplicate it you cannot duplicate the stark reactor how they did it is just it, it can only be done by a particular type of person to that credit you know the balanti balanti uh, productions with the hourverse is kind of like whiplash on iron man 2 where he was able to replicate that damn thing and he did it right and that makes um dc films justin hammer maybe <laughs> to that extent because they tried and tried and tried and they just couldn't do it to that extent so i mean when you put it in that sense yeah it, it just it just the only reason why it worked is because they were able to replicate and do the formula and it's like a paint by numbers formula to be honest to do so it, it made for successful and, and greg berlanti just it just felt like he was like you know if it ain't broke don't fix it and we're gonna do it that way and we're just gonna tell our own story using that same formula and format and it worked He's, you know, I, I, you know, as a, somebody who went to San Diego Comic Con on two occasions, uh, 2015 and 2017, and during the time when you know the CW was hot, and there was that WB booth that they had in there, and let me tell you, whenever Greg Perlanti's shows and stars will come out, it was an enormous amount of people in line waiting to get autographs for the Arrow cast for. Um, for the Flash uh, cast, for hell, the Riverdale cast, all of that. They they made so much money from those shows. It is like, it is just amazing. And by the time Superman came in, it was like, I don't wanna say it's too little too late, 
mind you but it was just it was in that sense of you know they already got supergirl and they already got superman and they like but they don't have batman and also yeah i forgot um, batgirl that whole thing when that when that when super superman and batgirl came out i think that's when things started to change not, not the fault of batman i think when batgirl or batwoman came out i think that's when things started to really turn and then mostly because ruby um ruby rose who was really awesome in what she did but they it, it she you know she left the show for whatever reason that was and really kind of ruined it um and this is no take on the person who took on the you know uh, batwoman you know i forgot her name but she was great she was good but it just the turnaround was so rapid that it just it, people couldn't wrap their minds around it it was like okay what was what's what's going on here and, and stuff just started changing by that point they started separating the they started separating for whatever reason they decided to make all these stupid changes and this i actually i, I remember this is right around the time when um discovery and warner brothers did the merging and stuff like that and they started making all these drastic changes one of which was canceling all these shows so i believe black lightning got canceled but they were able to end the show gracefully by doing that um they started ending all these other shows and everything they're making all these drastic changes so the cw got affected by a lot of it because it was supposed to be a lot of other you know dc shows that was scheduled to come out star girl also was supposed to be somehow connected to all this too and you know that never happened star girl was actually really good um it's really sad that they weren't able to finish up on that and they weren't doing anything with that it i just it was sad it was really it sucked um so they were starting to continue it but you know it's not the fault of you know blonte or d or cw to this matter it's just wb and discovery merged and they made all these drastic changes because of whatever whoever's in charge they didn't want to see any of this stuff anymore you know they might be scorsese fans or friends of scorsese and all those guys who don't like you know superhero movies and all this stuff I, you know who knows but by the time they separated by the time they did that they separated superman and lois which was connected to the arrowverse like they they already did stories with that version of clark and lois and all them in there and they just decided to separate them and you know dif distance them from the arrowverse which is crazy because like you can't you really can't you can say it but you can't because it's much like when people said you could you know um agents of shield was separated from the you know mcu that's impossible if you watch all of the things that has happened during that time you can't separate it and then on top of that they brought Coulson back <laughs> you know to, to make appearances on uh captain marvel that was right after the fact that they said that they weren't going to connect like they can't they cannot that is just impossible like all the things that has happened and it, you remember i did an episode of watching re-watching the uh, uh ages of shield series and you're watching that it's like it's too deeply connected to the events of the first phase and the second phase and the third phase and all the stuff 
and by the way that's that show still holds up strongly i highly recommend you go watch that show go back and you know check out my episode where i revisit that i believe it's like the 10 year anniversary or whatever like that um but man it that show still holds up too but you you really couldn't disconnect superman and lois too but to an extent you know and i know because of the events of you know crisis on infinite earth and all the stuff happened it just still you you couldn't but here we are we are at its end our flash has already ended the series um gotham knights i don't even think that show is coming back <laughs> i think they're just gonna just i think they already did cancel i don't know if they canceled the series or they already did cancel the series or whatnot but if superman and lois is not going to stay around best believe that show because that show didn't really do anything for anybody like there was probably had the lowest viewership of any of the dc shows not to say it was bad because i watched it and it was still good but it's like what are they doing they already got batwoman they already have um super like and, and they, they, the plan i believe what was said was that they were going to do a superman you know a, a new universe and a whole entire storyline universe based around superman that just didn't happen so it looks like and i also think that a lot of these decisions right now are in spite of everything that's going on with this sag after strike i mean i i don't have any you know proof of that i don't i'm just hypothesizing at best it just seems like this is one of those some of the decisions that are happening in terms of cancellations of certain studios are probably spite they're probably spiteful and because honestly there's a strike right now there's no reason to cancel anything there's really no reason like there's it what what other reason do they have yeah they're losing money right now but like you're gonna come out with another show anyway and that show's gonna end up having to do the same, you know, thing that those shows are. So why not just pick up where you left off with the shows that you have? I don't understand the science of why that decision is a, a, a why that equation, if you will, is sound and concrete to do. Like you're just gonna come out with another show in hopes that they get gains the same thing. And god bless you for trying to do the reality show thing as an alternative because not everybody's loving the reality show thing and i i'm i just can't wait i think reality shows call cause a problem in society as well um because it gives this depiction of things that they're po like posing as real and some people take it seriously and take it literal and and they're they call reality shows but there is so scripted it's every bit as scripted as pro wrestling and people give pro wrestlers you know grief for years but reality shows do the exact same thing that pro wrestling does they're they're just as kayfabe as pro wrestling like some of that stuff is real but other stuff is just it's it's orchestrated you know but at the same time all it is is just toxic drama and it, it just promotes it glorifies toxicity you know what i'm saying like it just i i can't me personally i can't get down with reality shows i mean the only reality show i ever got down with was the real world because at that time that was a real social experiment you know and then after a while i'm pretty sure they started thinking like all right let's kind of you know put some let's 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 add some things to this to make it what it is to start this up to stir it up back in the original real world they didn't have to do that <laughs> they did not have to do that at all man um but now everything's so 
you know, fictitious in reality shows. It's just like, I can't get down with it. And on top of that, it's so repetitive. I mean, it just reminds me of like all these housewife shows. It reminds me of when the Power Rangers first came out, you know, in America, I should say. And all of a sudden, this show comes out and then you see the Beetleborgs come out and then you see um, all these other, you know, shows and, and, and Super Sentai shows come out in America because everybody's trying to bank on it. You know, I, I always hate that. Well, like when something comes out that is the first to come out, you know, or, or is the original. And then you got all these other ones that are trying to, you know, do the same thing. I always hate that. I always really hate that because one, it never really measures up to the original. It rarely ever um, measures up to, to, to the original. And if it does, it usually takes years for it to do that. And it, it becomes a longevity type of thing. Um, and then it just like, it just like you got, you're just carbon copying off of everybody else. Like come up with something original, do something different, you know, give us a reason to watch something else that is you know what are you doing like so that's the other thing but i i honestly i don't know what they're gonna do now in turn when i'm and i'm gonna say the cw in other words i don't know what their next direction is um because this was the best thing the cw has ever done and guys you gotta remember before the cw was branded the cw it was once known as the WB network and before it was the, before it was the, uh, the WB network, it was something else. Um, I forgot because homeboys from out of space came out of this show. Um, I forgot the name of the network that it was before, but I just remember that they had homeboys from out of space, which was a horrible, horrible show. Um, but that was like the, that was like the biggest thing that they had on that show at the time and then it became the wb and the wb started coming out with some cool stuff but it still didn't i think it it was the, the, the buffy era if you will and, and supernatural and all the stuff came out at the time and then smallville came out and it started getting some measure of thing quality of tv to watch at the time and then when it became cw and they were still, still trying to find their thing and when they got arrow boom that's when they got it and it was right in the midst of the superhero of uh, the comic book era and the you know the geek era and all that stuff so i don't know what this generation of cw is going to be now but it'll be interesting to see what they're going to do next once this strike is over so we'll see all right moving on to some other comic book news when the cw you know ends these you know w, the dc era disney plus still prolongs marvel's era because it's still strong regardless of what people say and um we got our first look at echo which is slated to come out in January. And man, when I tell you, we ain't ready for this show. At least those who never watched Daredevil. For those who thought that when Daredevil and Fisk returned, that we weren't going to get the same type of, you know, vibe. Because and mostly, I understand why. Like when you watch, when you watch uh, She-Hulk and see what went on there, even though it was cool to see Daredevil there, and you saw, you know, uh, you know him in uh, No Way Home or Far From Home, whatever it was one. You kind of was like, all right, they go in a new direction with Daredevil. But then you watch Echo. And no, they're they're going in on this one. This is the this is going to be 
their first TV MA Marvel series. And for those who were worried that it wasn't going to have the same vibe as the Defenders, worry not. Go watch that trailer. But let's talk about what happened in this trailer. So we see a flashback scene with a young Maya Lopez, aka Echo, who is trying to get ice cream. You gotta remember, Maya Lopez is deaf. She is hearing impaired and she's trying to communicate with people. She has a hard time communicating, especially as a little kid. So we see her in the flashback scene where she's trying to get ice cream and the ice cream man is, you know, being mean to her, mocking her and teasing her because he doesn't understand her because she's deaf and he tells her to go get out of here. And he makes fun of her and makes her cry and walk away. What we see from a distance is Wilson Fisk watching her. Wilson Fisk with full white kingpin gear, mind you, and he's not happy. An angry Wilson Fisk watches and begins to pursue the ice cream man, which his with his bare hands grabs him, throws him into the alleyway, and mercifully beats him to a bloody death. Young Maya comes back, finds both of the ice cream man and Fisk in the alleyway. A bloody-handed Fisk reaches her hand consoles her and assures her safety and the two walk off as if nothing happened we then see another scene that takes us to the present as maya now echo is out for revenge facing many enemies including the kingpin um, himself this is taking place right after the events of um of 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 what is that show um uh hawkeye yes where you know they kind of took a little bit of shades from the comics where she shot him and i we all knew fisk ain't dead and i don't know how he survived a gunshot but wilson fisk is, is a bad dude we also see echo facing fisk at gunpoint as he is uh as he has a patch over his eye again from what we saw from the events of hawkeye of the hawkeye series echo will be the first series to be a um tvma and will involve the return of matt murdoch which if you watch the clip they show it very it's a very less than a millisecond clip but you see daredevil in that trailer you gotta watch it pause it but he's off facing off against echo so he will he was absolutely appear and uh, um it turns out it looks like he may be coming back as the original red suit that we saw from the netflix series and not the yellow um in in red suit that we saw on she-hulk granted i will say this every time we see a trailer from marvel studios whatever you see on a trailer doesn't always necessarily end up on the finished version like everything we see everything we saw on endgame and and um what was that um civil war and like you watch those trailers some of the scenes that you see on those trailers you don't see in the in the uh, actual series and they do that because they don't want you to know what's truly going on or they hide some things so you also know that if you go to imdb they don't post things immediately they wait because they don't want again they are they do a tremendous job keeping secrets making sure that we don't know anything until the day that it announces or whatever like that and they usually wait a few days after to make sure everybody sees it and then they reveal it and but once it gets out and all the stuff then they reveal this stuff but they do always a great job you know keeping secrets and, and things that not to spoil or anything for us and stuff like that so 
Um, this is going to be awesome. It's coming January 10th, my birthday week. I cannot wait. That's going to be awesome. I don't know if it's going to be a week. I think it's probably going to be a week by week thing like they're doing with uh, all the other shows. But my goodness, I can't wait. This looks awesome. This looks like you're going back to what we loved about the Netflix series, which in a lot of ways, they I, that's another thing. We I just talked about that, how they tried to separate the Defender universe, which is like the street level universe of Marvel from from the actual um cinematic universe no they they, they can't do that they can't it, it, that's also like connected strongly to everything that's going on you know the battle of new york has talked about that all over the place with that so and they break and they brought back the two original main characters of the deal so it's like yeah good luck with that um i will tell you this i think there's a, a lot of people who have a hard time with the recent phase of marvel right now which is more focusing on the cosmic era of uh marvel and i understand why the cosmic era was never really one of the more popular eras in marvel comics i it's interesting to see that the same vibe is still happening here like they are focusing majorly on the cosmic era and they kind of transitioned it from the events of uh infinity war endgame but it's like it's it's always been a hard thing to do because it's very complex and not everybody's going to get into it and it's hard to like if you notice the street level characters the defender you know series that was always popular even say what you will about iron fist it's still like a little bit more entertaining than what was going on here um i think the mishap with that was just the lack of you know martial arts and and choreography fight choreography on the behalf of you know iron fist himself um but otherwise you know the street level deal was always dope and then the prime version of that universe was always great too but once you go into space and once it gets a little bit once you focus totally on the space aspect it gets a little bit complex and somewhat boring to some extent like it is it's, it's not just the marvel cinematic universe it used to be always the marvel comic universe like not everybody was getting into silver surfer or thor or like thor i could me personally i could not get into the thor books because it was too it was i don't want to say it was too overly articulate um but it just came off too shakespearean for me and i'm just i'm a kid i'm like i don't want to get into the shakespearean stuff I, i'll probably maybe appreciate it now but it was so to the point that even when they did the Thor movies, they had to lighten up on it a bit. And that's when, um, you know, um, you know, they, the new direction for that, it, that came about with Ragnarok and, and Love and Thunder. But some would argue Love and Thunder was a little bit too light. They need to balance it out. I thought Ragnarok was the perfect balance of that. Um, but it's going to be hard. I, I still enjoy the phases that we're seeing. I'm still enjoying the shows that we're seeing like people complain as if the whole entire thing is bad but they were in like moments of it like people love moon knight moon knight was awesome people love miss marvel miss marvel was awesome which is funny that like they love miss marvel there was highly uh, there was high acclaim for miss marvel but all of a sudden the marvels is like people are hating on the marvels before it even comes out like like people need to stop it is i think the the outcry sometimes is not from the 
like the quality of the movies rather it just be people are just toxic people are just want to hate all the time people want to find something to moan and bitch about be and most of it stems from whatever's going on in their world it's just displacement it's them displacing their anger their frustration their toxicity onto something else to make sure that they you know deteriorate you know it actually may not actually be the it's like when you bully somebody you you hate on somebody because they do something really good that you can or they getting opportunities that you can't and so you want to you you want to like shit on their opportunities as much as possible to make sure that they don't succeed this is kind of the same situation it is it really is um there's no one that's not going to convince me otherwise like what what other reason are you going to have it and you can't just and i'm sorry i'm not just going to settle for it because it's just bad it's crap it sucks articulate as to why that is if you cannot if you can't come up if you can't articulate with a reason a, a clear reason that i might say like okay you may have a point here that will actually convince me and other people for that matter it's just you just crapping just for the sake of crapping you want everybody to come down to your level that's what i believe it's really happening with some of these things not all but some some of it you know so i don't know man like we'll see but it, people are so far excited about echo and i think mostly because it involves a lot of the people that we did love and a lot of the things that we did. the daredevil series was extraordinary from start to finish um all three seasons were just fantastic um bringing back both of those actors is it was the absolute right move so we'll see what happens from there so all right let's go into some anime news here i talked about this movie uh, a couple episodes ago the trailer for the boy in uh the harem has arrived and we got to see this incredible looking studio ghibli film starring the like without a doubt the biggest cast ever assembled for an anime like all a-listers for that matter remember florence Pugh, mark hamill christian bell robert pattinson gemma chan uh from from um eternals and captain marvel william defoe dave batista karen uh fukuhara uh from i believe she's from the boys uh, as well um and mamadou athy i don't know where he's from he's the only one i don't know but it's an esteemed cast that is paying their using their talents to play in this dropped in gorgeous masterpiece of an anime um that will be coming out soon so uh it will it is said to be going to theaters nationwide i am hoping and i believe it's coming out in december i am hoping that my local theater is because i will absolutely go to see this if you go watch the trailer it looks stunning it looks absolutely beautiful um it's the one thing like studio ghibli what makes studio ghibli so beautiful and why disney wanted to like you know put put uh attach themselves to some of their movies like spirited away and all that stuff is because it matches the quality of what disney has been about like this and there's tons of great anime out there and anime has been known to be spectacular in terms of animation quality and character design but studio ghibli takes it to such a level it's just it's it's and it's an extreme work of art and 
I've never actually gone to the movies to see a Studio Ghibli film. And I'm hoping this could be my first, but I am definitely excited about this. This, this casting is just extraordinary here. So I'm looking forward to that. So, all right, going into some other news, Netflix. Spider-Man fans should be happy. Netflix has now, and probably the first streaming network to have Spider-Man across the Spider-Verse. And it is now number one on the platform in the first day of its release. Also note that a lot of the other Spider-Man movies is out. One, two, and three, the Sam Raimi ones are there as well as they made Spider-Man. Now granted, it is on the will be gone soon list. And I think that's because Disney Plus now has the rights to have it. Meanwhile, Disney Plus now has Far From Home on, uh, on Disney Plus as well, which means No Way Home is surely to come as well as Venom let there be carnage i don't understand why that's not on here yet it's been a while it's been a couple years and the first venom is on air i would love to have the second venom on air because i'm in a course of actually watching all of the spider movies i've just watched uh spider-man one two and three recently by the way three still hilarious i don't think it's terrible as everybody likes to make it but i still don't like tougher gracie as venom man it's just it just doesn't work um still one downfall with that movie but otherwise it's still it's still um it's still watchable and slightly enjoyable um but also watch the other two spider-mans as well and i understand now why like i watched the other two the amazing spider-man ones i'm now at the marvel cinematic universe movies now so i'm starting with civil war and just moving on to up from that point and I'm doing this because of my because I'm waiting. I'm just watching all the Spider-Man stuff until new game. The new game plus feature comes on for uh, for uh, the Spider-Man two game. But I mean, you know, my fandom for Spidey has always been evident. I you know, before anything, Spider-Man is my first real true form of fandom in comic books. So, well, the biggest relatable character that I can I can you know appreciate in there, but it's bound you know watching those movies man it's just, it's just like watching the amazing spider-man movie one and two i like them but i understand why it just didn't hold up like like to the rammy it's like it is truly like if you rank them the amazing spider-man absolutely is number three but because they now identify them as their different universes i can appreciate the amazing spider-man movies a lot more now because now it's not the definitive version it is just another universe none of them are the definitive version to be honest it's just that's their universe and it's awesome that they were able to do that and culminate all of that you know but if you could say tom holland is technically quote-unquote the ultimate spider-man you can absolutely make an argument for that as well but nonetheless across the spider-verse is now on there which absolutely does connect to the other um, universes and does connect to the um, to the Marvel Cinematic movies. If you watch this movie, they highly reference and show a lot of things in there that it connects that shows it connects to it. Um, but is it no surprise to anybody? This was the number one movie watched movie on Netflix from day one. That, that just it also tells you like there is no real there is no thing called superhero fatigue. I explained probably why people are really hating on 
these movies it's not because of superhero fatigue that's just a trendy thing that is that's circulating around the zeitgeist i don't believe in superhero fatigue i believe in people just wanting to hate on something just for the sake of hating on it because when things get so high in life they don't they want to take it down a peg to bring them down to its level that's what i believe more or less um so the fact that spider-man across the spider-verse had this much interest on netflix tells me that there's still a lot more fire in the on the candle and it's not burnt out yet so all right and this is another reason i want to get my thoughts on the episode of invincible which premiered this week as well i mean like again a lot of stuff has come out this week the episode was just we're in for some we're in for some uh really good stuff here the episode starts off with an alternate universe where mark and omni-man actually teams up to take over the planet yeah they're doing a multiverse thing too so um a man known as angstrom levy played by sterling k brown love this love him he is awesome just freaking awesome um levy basically is a witness to the chaos that is happening in this universe um that brought the two together in their world and managed to, to escape before getting destroyed and using a portal that brought him to the universe where mark defeated omni-man because apparently there's only one universe out of all the universes that he travels to that where omni-man has actually defeated i mean that mark defeated omni-man we find mark flying around the city stopping crime as he heads to school as well as trying to keep himself activated after um, act not activated active and uh motivated to not think about the traumatic events that he experienced last season while he was fighting his father omni-man when arriving in the school all eyes are on him as he uh as they all believe that his father nolan was killed uh at the hands of omni-man not knowing that his father is in fact omni-man and mark is invincible so this takes place it looks like this takes place immediately after the events of omni-man so yeah um thankfully amber played by zazie beats his girlfriend saves him from a massive uh consoling of his fellow classmates including the uh school bully that has bullied him in the in, in first season meanwhile mark's mother also experiencing trauma of her own from the events of the uh of her husband evil intent towards the planet and how he felt about her calling her a pet and everything which yeah i would really feel bad too mother by the way is um maggie uh maggie o or maggie q no it's maggie o no it's me yeah i'm probably getting it wrong the woman from um gray's anatomy <laughs> um but nonetheless you know um she's still going through all the stuff that she's going through meanwhile an old friend visits to her to confide by her and uh mark she provides her with a way to help her and get through something she gives her a card or whatever like that so we're gonna find out what that card consists of down the line so to try and work through his pain mark uh asks cecil to recruit him back into the team the guardians are lacking leadership and cecil points immortal as their leader while also recruiting a new hero known as bulletproof played by jay farrell that should be very interesting um meanwhile we find angstrom seeking the help of the Mauler brothers play both played by kevin michael richardson you almost cannot have an animated series without kevin michael richardson it just you can't at this point um they uh 
you know, he seeks them, uh, the brothers who can help him with the experience, with the uh, experiment that can gain the, him the intelligence he needs to run the universe by using clones of Angstrom to travel to different universe as they all gather all sorts of uh, information and they learn uh, through this through the machine, he will be able to gather all the intel from every universe in the machine and find a way to defeat Omni-Man in all of them to create peace in all of them. That's the original idea. So Angstrom Prime is what I'm gonna call him at this point, is using his clones to gather everybody and he's using the Maulers to help figure out how to make the machine work to his advantage. So, however, the Guardians find out about this and they've infiltrated the base to apprehend the Maulers because they are escaped, you know, convicts now and Angstrom has, you know, broken them out of prison. And this turn, this is when things turn ugly. Cecil gives Invincible the order to shut the machine down while it's in, while it's in play, while Angstrom and the rest of the Angstroms are in, you know, progressing, everything is going on. Cecil gives, uh, give him the order and the fight between invincible and the maulers go down now all these multiple maulers start to come up and multiply and led to angstrom trying to stop the fight by trying to take off the helmet which was a bad idea and left you know in risking his own sanity doing so the results of this led to a cataclysmic explosion that killed multiple molars and caused a accident that turned Angstrom Prime into a freak of nature there with his brain, where his brain grew massively, looking like, they look like dreadlocks, but it's actually his brain um, going down to his back. And it kind of looks like the leader, but more grotesque. So Angstrom, and by the way, Angstrom here is black too. So that, that's the other interesting thing. You know, uh, he's like the black version of the leader in this one. So Angstrom is now, a, he's going through psychotic episodes, believing that Invincible is the cause of the disorder, despite the now, the only existing Mauler brother trying to explain to him that that's not what happened, trying to explain to him that he's the reason why all this has happened, because you tried to take off the helmet in the middle of all the information trying to gather to you, which is gonna cause that, cause that accident. But Angstrom refuses to listen and leaves through the portal in rage and leaves the Muller brothers said like, this is why I don't work with anybody. I believe he said that before too. So, and that's how the episode ends from there. So we'll see what happens. This season is going to be crazy. When is Omni man going to come back? Where is he going? Well, I can tell you where he's gone. He's going to another round because guess what? He is coming to mortal Kombat next week on the ninth. So we're going to get that update, uh, that, our first DLC character for Mortal Kombat and is none other than Nolan himself, uh, played by JK Simmons in the game. And again, if you want to find out how that happened, go to talktimelive.com where you can check out the video uh, clip of Ed Boon and Robert Kirkman talking about how they work together to bring Omni-Man to Mortal Kombat and how this is going to connect in some case, cause this is going to connect like the good part about Mortal Kombat universe is that they do connect all of their guest characters into the NetherRealm universe. So somehow this is this is going to work together gratefully. Like great like of all the fighting games that I will say is great like to have guest guest characters like that, it's Mortal Kombat cuz they don't just have them just to have them. They really assimilate them into the universe and make them matter. So I am looking very much forward to seeing how that's going to work and how that's going to play into the whole entire situation 
in the universe's uh, the crossover. So we'll see. Another awesome episode that came out this week was Loki, episode five. I got to talk about this because there's a lot going on here. A lot. And really, really crazy things going on. Loki figures out basically the, the midst of the, the just of this whole episode is that Loki finds out how to control the time slip. And now he can control, he can travel through different timelines. He was looking for the TVA agents who were Mobius, Hunter, you know, B-15, yada, yada, yada. He was looking for the TVA agents who were separated from into various timelines where they are now living their lives that they were intended to live prior to them working for the TVA before they were abducted and taken into the TVA. Um, we find variants of Mobius as a man named Don in a timeline where he's living the dream as a jet ski seller which is something that he did want to talk about and by the way if you go online to marvel studios is uh their their facebook accounts or their social media accounts they have some really fun cool desktop publishing advertisements of b15 uh as the doctor that she plays in here and then they got mobius as don uh selling um selling actual jet skis it's hilarious it is really well done um and also i want to take note that don quote unquote has kids as well so he's just living a normal life here we find variant obi uh go who goes by the name of 80 dog 80 doug who is uh also a struggling writer to who uh is trying to sell his own sci-fi novels uh, and he believe he's he actually a doctor, a physician of sorts as well here. We also find a variant of B-15 um, known as Dr. Willis, a pediatrician who keeps uh, finding low-key time slipping every so often. Uh, and we find Sylvie back at McDonald's living the dream. Loki believes that gathering all the variants will help bring back order to the time streams in uh, from ripping apart, which we're starting to see. And the 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 visual effects of the of the time streams and the world slipping it looks so creepy. Like we talk about we talk about when Thanos did the snap and everybody just turned to ashes. This is worse. Like I'd rather turn to ashes than to, uh, whatever's happening here it looks like they're they're turning into spaghetti and it looks creepy as hell but it looks the visual effects look so dope but so creepy at the same time like if i had a choice to turn to ash or turn into spaghetti i think i would turn to ash so i i you know what i'm saying like i think i'd rather rather go with ashes instead it just it doesn't look like it hurts as much to that extent so he manages to convince all but Sylvie, who is whose stubbornness leads to her staying at her reality and her timeline. And while, you know, even though others are ripping away, she learns the hard way as she heads to a local record store to unwind, only to see that everything around her is deteriorating before her eyes, which leads her to leave that timeline. She has no choice than to join the team. However, it may have been too late as all of them started to rip away into nothingness and at the last moment few at the last few moments i should ask low-key finally figured out how to control the timeline fans have noticed at the end of this series like that's how basically the show ended. and then we see the end credit scene which we always do for some reason fans took extra notice at the the post-it notes the sticky notes on air and some of them said sacrifice something must be given up 
and I don't know if they're playing too deeply into things, but there were a lot of cryptic notes in those things that may lead into what's going to happen in the final episode, which I believe next week is the final episode. Um, cause I believe it's a six episode series only. So we'll see what happens from there and how this is going to all lead in to what's about to happen in the Marvel Cinematic Universe and what can possibly happen with the Kangs because you know, the Jonathan Majors trial is coming up, uh, very soon. And you know, just to, just to basically keep themselves, you know, protect themselves. They're holding back on any further promotion of Jonathan Majors. It's not to say, it's not to say that they don't support Jonathan Majors because obviously they've done up to this point. They've already supported him up to this point, but because it's going, it's now going into trial and Jonathan Majors also is now filing charges against the ex-girlfriend because of her uh, alleged abuse and they're, they're trying to see what's going to happen. So they're holding things back and see what happens. Um, I think this is the right move for Disney. I think this is the right move for Disney and Marvel to do right now. It's like, yeah, if he goes and gets pleaded guilty, yeah, you can't support him after that to that extent. But I don't, honestly, I think it's just a formality that they're doing this um, because I think they actually support him. But for, 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 you know, just for the idea of it, they, you know, just for protocol, they have to hold back on these things. He has a movie that was supposed to come out too um that they are holding back on because the trial is now coming back so they don't want to you know they, they want to be cautious as possible they have to be and i think they just it's it, like i said they're just doing it for standard practice it's not to say that they don't support him because i think especially with the with the footage the video footage that came out and all that stuff like i think they do but you never know how courts can turn but i think i i honestly i don't see how he's gonna how how is i don't understand how he's going to lose this he has evidence he has video evidence that this woman was faking what she was saying and i don't understand like again i don't understand if the jury is going to vote against that they got to see that and it's like how do you how do you go to a club if you said your hand was broken how do you find yourself going to a club, not to the hospital? You Ubered to a club and not to the hospital. I've been hurt and injured. I got a freaking 136 stitch scar in my arm. It was bleeding profusely when I, when I punched that window. I'm not going to wrap it up and go back to class. They took my ass to the hospital to get work done on it. I also had other injuries in my past that I'm not just going to wrap it up and bandage it up and just go ahead. Now I'm going to go straight to the hospital. If I have a broken hand, the first place I am not going to go to is a club with a broken hand. And then on top of that, they saw her using her hand multiple times for other things. And she did not look like it hurt. I don't understand how I swear to goodness. If, he loses this case i will lose all faith not in a judicial system on people in this generation because i don't see other i'm sorry that's a big lead in this case i don't understand 
I, I just don't understand how like he has the evidence that he's looking for he and, and here's the thing to jonathan major's case he has done greatly in terms of pr stuff like the only thing that we got from jonathan majors is him dating megan good and then on top of that him stopping a fight between two girls at a high school so he's done everything he was supposed to do he kept his mouth shut he kept quiet but he also defended himself he proved he proved that like what she claimed did not happen he, he did not run away from it he didn't hide away from it he did he did everything right here i don't understand why this is going to and trust me this is coming from somebody who also was wrongfully accused of a crime that he never committed and i had to prove that i was not at that place at the time and i had to prove that i had nothing to do with it and i was proven innocent in that case i hope that he gets the same type of just do as i did i hope that the i hope and also the evidence in my situation was also played played into it as well where it, it was proven it was a mistaken identity in this case so like i hope that he gets to just do i just don't see him getting i, I just don't see it. i i i'll be surprised i'll be highly disappointed at the jury if this happens so we'll see um i'm hoping it is i hope he does continue to become kang and i hope they stick with this kang universe but if not they're gonna have to change the whole entire thing and it rumor has it that you know dr doom may be in play which honestly i think they should have did in the first place or had some additional to it but who better to play like who like dr doom is a well i mean kang is dope but dr doom is highly well known as one of the biggest super villains in marvel comic universe history so any like people know who doc even people don't who don't read comic books know who dr doom is like he's been used in rap songs and lyrics and metaphors and all this stuff for ages you know so they know who this is and plus the fantastic four is coming out for god's sake so we'll see how this goes and see it plays in i i really hope it does um plays in his favor because i just don't think he i don't i don't believe he did it. i don't he's innocent until proven guilty people um i know these kids today these this ideology that we have today with this generation is just totally like they don't use critical thinking much and they always assume they don't do the research they don't do the homework it is funny too because some people they will immediately vilify and then other people who should be vilified does not get vilified even though there's some evidence of the person doing some villainy out there just amazes me this happens all the time trust me i know this for sure and i can give an example of that but i digress we'll see what happens at the uh season finale of this next week and uh i've enjoyed the second season it's been a little bit crazy but i've been enjoying it nonetheless and see where they go from there and see where this you know connects to from next so folks that will do for what's new in the world of acmg we're going to take a break come back and i will talk about three awesome animated series or anime series i should add that you need to check out on netflix and that's just the beginning and we'll find that out right after this Ladies and gentlemen, this is Dax Xavier Josiah, the host of ACMG Presents Talk Time Live, the podcast. You want to catch up with all of our podcast shows and hear from some of the hottest names in all of anime, comics, movies, and games, such as... This is Miley Flanagan, the voice of Naruto. 
This is Stephanie Shea, the voice of Sailor Moon. This is Ruben Langdon, the voice of Ken Masters and Dante from Devil May Cry. Hey there, this is Kyle Abair, the voice of Ryu from Street Fighter V. This is Chris Battle, character designer of Teen Titans Go. Here's your chance to check out all of that and more on TalkTimeLive.com. TalkTimeLive.com provides all of our ACMG content with new and previous episodes, exclusive interviews, articles, and much more. Visit TalkTimeLive.com and let us help you learn to let go, live life, and love all things ACMG. Talk Time Live! Hey, this is Jeff Thorne. I am the writer, producer, showrunner of the Avengers Black Panther's Quest TV series, and you are listening to ACMG Presents Talk Time Live. Do it. And now, it's time for our Talk Topic of the Week. Ready? Wait! Folks, we're back with our Talk Topic of the Week, and I have three shows that you have to go and check out, especially if you're an anime fan or, or animation fan, because I don't really consider one of them a anime, more just an animation, um, if you will that is also based on future japan as well but nonetheless um we got two animated series that are based on feudal japan and the other one is based on a time honored classic legendary character um let's start with unimusha unimusha all of these epi- all of these series by the way are all eight episode series on netflix i will say this netflix is giving you a reason to you know for them to take your money right now i gotta give them credit they're raising prices and all this stuff but also they're giving us some really awesome content right now i can't deny this because getting the chance to watch unimusha the anime is a big deal i am a huge unimusha fan and for those who don't know as i mentioned unimusha is a based on a cult classic time-honored video game series by capcom and i forgot about this um Keiji, Keiji Inafune, who is the guy behind the Mega Man series, uh, most notably the Mega Man series, who's the character designer for it. Um, and he's also produced a lot of great Capcom games over the years. He had his hand on this. I believe he was producer, executive producer of the first Unimusha Warlords game, which is also, again, it's out on uh, the Nintendo Switch right now. Um, it's an awesome game. Like, it's it was to me this was my resident evil and i say that because i didn't i was never really a resident evil fan because i'm not into zombie horror even though i will dip my toe into every once in a while and i did say because i respect the series a lot i will lease one of my gaming lists my gaming bucket list i will beat one resident evil game and that was resident evil 6 a while back um same with metal gear solid i'm not a big you know stealthy guy i like a little bit of stealth in my games but not the totality of it needs to be stealth i need i need more combat than anything that's my deal that's why i like uh the batman arkham series and and spider-man because they lace a bit of stealth in there greatly but not overwhelm it too much whereas metal gear is like basically all stealth in there the entire time so i can't get down with it but when it comes to unimusha Unimusha used a lot of the play mechanics and in themes of Mortal Kombat, not Mortal Kombat, of Resident Evil, but it's more action oriented in this case. And that was my deal. Plus, it's based on like feudal Japan times. And the first Unimusha was based on the Sengoku era where Nobu, um, Noba, um, Oda Nobunaga was ruling 
you know, with an iron hand, if you were, or iron fist in this case. But in in this fictitious version of Unimusha, they demonized him. You know, he he was like a demon lord in here. So I really loved it. Plus, everybody in the game, all the characters in the game, are based on actual people. Uh, like the first one was based on uh, Simonosuke Akechi, uh, who's an actual you know soldier from the feudal times in, in Japan history. Uh, the second one was based on uh, Jubei uh, Yagiya, ya, uh, Yagiyu, actually I should say, um, and he was a, he was a great one too. And then they brought Simonosuke back for Unimusha Three, where they had Jean Reno play in there as well. So it was pretty dope, like how they put it together. Um, he played Jack A. Blanc, uh, if, if you will, as well. So um, I this is why I hope that they really kind of bring back. I hope this is a sign that they're going to remaster or bring back or report part one, part two and three, because they already brought part one in there. Like, why aren't they bringing part two and three? I really want to play. I, it's been so long since I played Unimusha three, and I thought that was the best one of them all because it left the 2d stage era they, they played a lot of smoke and mirrors with that i, I explained this before on the select start um episode that they played a lot of smoke and mirrors with this back then but then three was one of the first games that they went full 3d platforming and that's what led to devil may cry and all these other games that they were coming out with that were 3d platformers as well so it was a great first game and it was a great story to you know culminate everything that has happened with the unimusha series and now they also have now this story which is a brand new story um and this as well and what i loved about this again much the other thing that made it so great is that they the, the actual characters that they based on have the face of actual actors of actual real popular actors in japan so this time Okay, uh, actor Okeo uh, Otsuka, or Otsuka, I should say, um, played the role of Masashi Miyamoto, who is an actual real life figure in Japan, um, a warrior in Japan who has been known as I've read up on him. He's he's a philosopher. He's a warrior. He's a swordsman, Ronin, if you will. He also has had 61 duels in his entire life like they would record duels that these samurais have back then like we do with ufc <laughs> in this case um so he was well known for back then so they're using his likeness in the anime he and, and if you look at the anime he looks it looks just like him it looks tremendously like him um which is something they don't normally do in anime like when they when people play roles in anime they just play the roles they don't actually make the likeness of them before so this is like one of the first movies where they made the likeness of the actor look just like him and he looks it looks tremendous they they played up to the unimusha thing before um really well with this and so he plays the role now in america even though he has the likeness of course in america you know it's not a japanese like that's the good part if you want to listen to his actual voice and, and read the subtitles you can do that or you can also watch um you can also listen to the american voice which imdb as of right now as of yet have not revealed who the voices of the american voices that are taking over for. i will say 
I will predict one of them. I will actually two of them. I think Fred Tatashore is in this playing one of the demons. He he plays all the grunt demonistic characters or brute characters in everything. So I predict he's one of them. The other one, I guarantee you, I guarantee you, Yuri Lowenthal is the other guy. I recognize Peter Parker's voice out of nowhere. Plus, I, re I just been around and invested my time with Yuri Lowenthal enough to know um, when I hear his voice. I think Yuri Lowenthal is also one of the characters in this as well. But this, if you love the Unimusha series, you're going to love this anime. Basically, the story here is, well, all right, I'll read it from imdb's little short synopsis here and then i'll give you a more detailed one with the heart of a warrior a legendary swordsman wills an ancient demonic weapon which is the uni gauntlet mind you but every soul he takes there's more darkness consumes him which is pretty much the premise of unimusha in the long run so to fight off demons like nobu um oda nobunaga in the game you had you were not possessed but the gauntlet actually summons you and picks you to be the slayer of all these zombies and demons and whatnot in the game that you know gives you enough time so whenever you kill off a demon you take their souls or you take or a zombie you take the souls and you absorb it into the gauntlet the gauntlet actually gives you more power and the more or um the more souls that you absorb, the more powerful you become, the more you get these new weapons, the more you get these, um, you get these new, uh, abilities. And then eventually you become so powerful that you into, you too become an uni, uh, which is enough to be able to kill all of these guys. So, which makes this so great is that it follows up greatly to these, to the lore and the essence of Unimusha. And you got, basically you have uh musashi miyamoto who is just going on his journey to rid himself of all the demons to rid them the entire you know village and country of all these demons by going after the main dude he also has these band of you know journeyman uh samurai who is going to join him along with this uh monk who also go, uh, joins him to make sure that he stays alive to bring back the actual uni gauntlet that he borrowed from the main priest so they all go on this journey they also meet this young little girl as well that um they go on a journey with and when i saw these when i saw these people i'm like not everybody's gonna stay alive here this is pretty much the predator at this point you're gonna see this journey with all these people and only a fewer people are gonna be left in this and i'm wondering who and you know you that that's the biggest lore of this deal is that who is going to stay alive what's going to happen to uh, miyamoto from this point and um you know if you if he's the main protagonist of this so basically if you watch or played every game of unimusha you know what's going to happen you know what's going to happen with him and it's going to be awesome so what, what makes this such an awesome deal is not only just the storytelling the character development but also the art style and the art style here is everything you love about anime. It is beautiful. It is detailed, minutely detailed. The, the features, like this is anime that I grew up with. This was when I started watching hardcore anime, like in, in the late 80s into the 90s, when we started tape trading, 
I always say this. You have watched Battle of the Planets or Gotcha Man back in the day, but we never really, it wasn't identified as anime. We didn't use the term anime until like 89 or Japanimation at the time, until that time. So we weren't privy to that. And again, mostly because we didn't have the internet at the time. So even if anime was the term being used in Japan, it didn't surface into America until late in the 80s in like 80 literally around 89 early 90s when we started learning that that's the term that's being used and the trendy term was used also was japanimation we didn't have the internet the internet the internet was not commercialized in, until it was government used but it wasn't commercialized and expanded to what we have now so we weren't privy to a lot of things information wasn't traveling as quickly as we will as it is today so it left us with nothing but expect assumptions and it left us with a lot of um stereotypes and you know misconceptions of what we thought other countries were doing other countries <laughs> japan to their to their credit they thought you know the depiction of a black person was what we go by and that was the big lips, the big noses, the all like they thought that that was okay. And they found out later on that that wasn't okay. And that's why when you see anime now with, you know, beautifully depicted black, black people, it's because they learned their lesson. They learned that it's now, it's actually a form of insult more than it is in a form of embracement and endearment. You know, they didn't know that before. That's why when we had the, um, I did an episode, like I said, go back. I did an episode. If you guys are fans of uh, Kaneko Man or the muscle, you know, wrestlers that we used to buy those toys. They did an episode where where Kaneko Man was totally in blackface. And they did this to play off of this band that also did blackface. None of them realize that in America, that's frowned upon. That's a that's the biggest racist form of insult ever. But they didn't know that because they didn't have the internet at the time and information travel on. The same way with us when we had um when we our depiction, our misconceptions of what Japan was because of what we see from episodes of different strokes or or, or comedy shows or shows when they traveled to Japan. They only showed up the the touristy things of Japan. There were some things that we weren't privy to as well. So we all always assumed that this is how they were. This is what they thought. This is time. not until we started tape trading. We started learning more about the cultures and we started appreciating them a little bit more. And they did vice versa. And then the Internet became more elaborate at times. And we started learning a little bit more about countries and we started getting gaining more access to what other countries are doing. Now we're all assimilated with the ideologies of what other countries are going through because of the internet now that is both a gift and a curse as well let me tell you um so that's the situation here but like when i started watching anime back in 89 my first true vision of what anime can do and what japan can do in terms of the power that they had in for animation was fist of the north star one of the most deeply designed and developed animes i've ever seen it was so and this was at the time we started appreciating jim lee and his art style and everything and you know as a comic book fan i always want to say like i want to see jim lee's artwork come to life i want to see it move it is so intricately detailed 
and and and, and sketched. I want to see that come to life. And I knew that it was impossible for America to be able to pull that off and do something like that. We've gotten so much better now, but we'll still never get to that point. Japan has already gotten to that point way back in 84 because Fist of the North Star came out around that time and they were already making some awesome looking animated TV shows. Their anime superseded everything we did in America, everything. And I was looking at them like, that's actually Jim Lee's artwork coming to life and moving. And when I saw the movie and then I found out that it was a series of Fist of the North, I was like, whoa. And then there were other shows like that. And, you know, we look, talk about, you know, um, I mentioned it before, um, Wicked City, Legend of the Overfiend, MD Geist, beautifully drawn, beautifully animated, uh, you know, sh series and movies and OVAs and all the stuff. And then I look at Onimusha and it takes me back to when I first started loving anime. This to the reason why I loved it, to the reason why I asked, I hated what America was coming out with the 90s because they started budgeting their animation, you know, their, their animation budget and their studio budget because they couldn't afford to do what they what Japan was doing. Like, I will give an example. Sumbo Studios, who did Transformers, Gemini Holograms, G.I. Joe, to name a few. They were trying to do uh, Spider-Man and his amazing friends and all those Marvel shows. They were going to do the X-Men pilot, the original before the 90s, before the 90s X-Men that we all know and love. They were going to do a pilot. They did a pilot for X-Men and it was so beautifully done. And it actually almost closely looked like what we saw from a Jim Lee, Jim Lee uh, tale. It was gorgeous. And they couldn't they only were able to do that one pilot because it cost too much to do that pilot so they never came out with the show they never i think they could do it now i think they can actually afford to do it now but i wish they would have came out with that show it would have been awesome it was fantastic now the writing of that show never did any good but just visually it was fantastic but turns out it cost too much to even do one episode at the time the budget for that was way too much so they opted out to do it and we only got that pilot episode they even sold it on vhs at suncoast video at one point i think you can find it somewhere i don't understand why disney plus hasn't put that pilot up there i think they should but when i looked at unimusha it just it was just so gorgeous and not only that beautifully drawn but they also added the 3d effect to it as well so it is also you know you know, Netflix's signature is that you have these anime series, but there's also a 3D element to it. So it's not, it's kind of cell shaded, you know, 3D and whatnot. It's hand drawing, but it also they kind of have a 3D aspect to it. So um, it's just, they perfected it now. They've done a great job and this just looks stunning. The amount of detail that it looks, so it still looks like anime, but it's also in 3D and the scenes, it's just gorgeous absolutely stupidly gorgeous to this day like anime excites us and this is why they're getting this is such a billion dollar industry now because it just only gets better from here but man if you want a action pack eight episode series and this is like the shorter of the three that i'm going to talk about each episode is only like at half hour length where the other ones are like an hour but man i'll tell you what man it's just it was, it's just fantastic. It is just absolutely fantastic. Go watch this series. I won't spoil anything. I enjoyed this immensely. 
it's awesome another series if i would say this one may be for a little bit more for hardcore otaku out there like those who actually watched and enjoyed astro boy from back in the day you got to check the series out because what they did it's not exactly pluto is what it's called pluto is not actually an astro boy series but it's based around the world of um astro boy and it's kind of not like an and for the okay tetsuya adam i explained what that is and astro boy what it was and how long it's been but you can saw you can absolutely say if not for astro boy there'd be no mega man because mega man is a pretty much a carbon copy of astro boy and for right down to the middle the same professors who built you know astro boy and all the stuff and the only difference is is the story line of mega man is slightly different because it involves evil robots that are trying to take over by dr wally whereas astro boy is slightly different they got they got a dr wally character but he doesn't build robots to try to take over or take you know so they did kind of change the story around with mega man but it is loosely connect it is i want to say loosely based it is inspired by astro boy and we would not have a mega man if that if not for the fact of um astro boy so they had this anime called pluto which is based around the world of anime and in fact it's what's great about it is that it's a sci-fi noir mystery set in the world of tetsuo adam which includes adam in there so what i love about this is that it's a very highly sophisticated telling of astro boy or the world of astro boy um the if you watch the original anime uh you know uh astro boy series you see how they how the characters are drawn you see the character design and how they're portrayed and everything this one is a well they just cleaned up and changed re gave it a whole new coat of paint here um not just in character design but the storytelling as well the animation is just it's absolutely stupendous and especially when you compare it to that of the original um the original actual show you know if you watch the original astro boy show you know it's completely changed here um but it has all these other characters but the one thing that they do keep in here which i think is awesome there's a there's a particular characteristic that the original anime had and it's the noses it's the noses of all of the other characters around it they are known for having kind of particularly you know big noses in here while they portrayed a little bit more sophisticated art style and character design they managed to keep the, the characteristic of that in here and i thought that was a really awesome thing that they did here but it looks like an upper echelon style anime and how they drew adam in here aka astro boy in here he looks awesome he still has the same characteristic hairstyle but he just looks like an actual real boy the amount of detail that they put on here is tremendous like go watch this it's just awesome but it doesn't really focus on it really doesn't focus on um you know adam more or less than this other character this detective if you will who also is a android not at the sophistication level of um of of 
of uh adam morrissey like uh gate uh i believe it's pronounced uh detective geisha if you will or guess if you will or geis if you will um and he is a robot also in this civilization all the robots live a civilized life they live just like uh, um a human life they have marriage they have marriage they some of actually adopt kids roll human kids and they adapt they coexist with the actual uh people of um of that town of that city so like in this world it they kind of coexist however this is a situation where it gets kind of tricky because there's much like the real world there are people who don't accept them because they're different because they're they're not you know human if you will and their fear of what they're they could do um what's great about this move about this series is that the story the story of this series is so close to what's going on right now in, the, in this world in this very country right now with everything that's going on in current events this kind of gels really well to that you can replace the robots and add on almost anything involving hate going on in the world right now and this is what's going on here so the story of this according to imdb when the world's seven most advanced robots and their human uh, allies are murdered one by one inspector gish soon discovers that he also is in danger so because he's a robot himself so this is a detective story that he is mostly starring in but there's a lot of twists and turns in here and if you're looking for an Astro Boy centric story, you're not going to get it here, but you will get Adam and you will get Adam moments in here. But how they put the story around, how they really made the story around was really well done. Um, Adam in this too, he's a bit of a detective himself and he uses his, uh, his cybernetic abilities to help the case a lot of times. So he comes off like, um, like, 10 10 almost in this thing but uh laura megan uh stale or stall please adam she does a really really good job here um there's some other familiar voices in here as well like for instance dr tenmu or tenma uh who's usually kind of the dr wally of the series is played by none other you can't forget you can't not know who this voice is played up played by none other than keith david himself um then you have the main character pluto who's kind of the you know center of this whole entire thing played by fred tattishore as well um and this is just it, it plays to the storytelling of this which also tells like it it brings up stories about you know hate among a different race of people or i guess you if you want to consider you know cyber cy uh, cyborgs or androids as people you know it depends on how you feel and this also plays into the AI situation as well. So there's a lot of that. There's a lot of those current event type of subject matter in this. And it comes as a really sophisticated subject matter that relates to what we're going to today. And it's, it's really a very compelling story. When you normally watch Astro Boy um, series or movie or whatever, it's very action oriented. It's very action packed. This is more methodical. This is more thriller, if you will, um, thought provoke, uh, you know, thought provoking as well, you know, 
just really well done and you forget that like this is a astro boy you know anime to a lot of ways um that it involves astro boy because the, the storytelling is just so well and again for them to take this intellectual property and do what they did with this um to to ask the question do robots you know are robots human dude can you treat them as human can you treat them just the same do you accept them as well a very sophisticated story uh being told here um that ask a lot of questions that we're asking today about a lot of things that we're you know focusing on today it's really awesome and again this is the reason why i have been an anime fan forever because like at a certain point in my life i wanted something a little bit more sophisticated and now we have this this genre of animation it's not the flintstones it's not scooby-doo it's not hannibal bearer period it's not anything that we've ever seen before it's a form of animation that doesn't treat you like a kid it's a form of animation that says yes even animated series can be sophisticated too you can have a form of you know animation that can play as any primetime series that you've ever watched and you can watch just like any prompt like japan has been ahead of the game forever and we're just finally getting into that level of being able to watch an animated series and watch it in the same way that we watch Grey's anatomy the same way that we watch um you know any any like cop drama or whatever like that it plays in the same thing we now got on a bandwagon we now jumped on it with the understanding we finally matured into that level and pluto is just another reminder of that again six episode series hour hour each and it's just it keeps you compelled through from start to finish in my opinion i really enjoy this um highly definitely recommend you go check this one out because it is incredible and the last one which we were anticipating we saw trailers of this and i expected just like you know a dope a dopely animated action-packed storytelling of a samurai uh series i was not expecting what i saw when i watched blue eye samurai which i'm going to say right now may be the best animated series of 2023 by far whether you i don't know if they consider this anime or not i don't think this doesn't look very anime-ish in a lot of ways this looks more like disney-esque or dream uh dreamworks style animation but i tell you this I was not expecting what I saw in this deal. I thought this was the first season of this was absolutely spectacular. I, I mean, not just Beatrice Kiddo. <laughs> Have I ever seen a badass female action hero like this? I, I absolutely enjoyed every single bit of this series um man i tell you what first of all if you like game of thrones you're gonna love this you're gonna love this series i this is and, and i will say this right now if you haven't watched this yet and if you're an adult and you're looking to watch this with your kids do not do not watch this with your kid this is a total rated r tvma series there is full frontal nudity for both male and female 
There is sex scenes in here and very sophisticated choreographed sex scenes in here. There's also very violence in here as well. Like the violence is actually the least of your worries here. The full frontals. I'm like, and it's not just one time. It's like multiple times. Like they don't hold back. This is not a series for kids. This is a total enjoyment for adults. This is a fantastic film. And what I loved about this is all Asian cast. This is a full Asian cast. I think at least actually correction. There's two people unless I am unless I'm wrong and he is he has a bit of Asian this um you know uh cuz you know he has an Asian background if I'm correct I don't know um but otherwise they I mean this 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 uh this series is like predominantly predominantly Asian casted and there's some familiar names in here one of which is Joyce um Takai in here, um, Masi Aka, AKA Hiro from Heroes is on here, playing one of my favorite characters in here. But one of my favorite people, my favorite actors, Carrie Hiroyuki Tagawa is in this as well, AKA Shang Soon, the definitive, the the best Shang Soon of, of all time is on here. Brenda Song is also in here as well. Um, loved her in a few deals. Randall Pack, Randall Park, Dude, this is the most gangsta you will ever see Randall Park in anything thus far. It is, it is so awesome. Um, it is just such a great film. So, oh, also I should add, uh, Eric uh, Boza is in here who plays like all the Looney. He's the recent characters of all the Looney Tunes characters now. He's the new male blank, pretty much. You want to say? Um, so he's in here now as well. Um, man, I tell you what, this was from start to finish first eight episodes fantastic also an hour each i might add i think one episode was like a half hour but the other the rest of them were like 45 to an hour but this is telling a story and the story is driven by a dream of revenge against those who made uh her an outcast in the edo period of japan a young warrior cuts a bloody path towards her destiny and you have mizu who is a female but I uh, had to grow up as a male to not only level up to everybody else there, but also to take revenge on people, you know, that did her, that did her wrong back in the day. So including, you know, the fact that she didn't know where her parents at or who her parents are or whatever like that, there's a big mystery behind that as well. And she's on a search for all of these people and Maya, uh, Erskine, plays the role of Mizu and she is awesome. I've never heard, uh, you know, seen her perform or heard her performance before, but she did a great job here. I really enjoyed her and she played such a hardcore, believable uh, protagonist in this. And I didn't realize that Mizu or the protagonist, cause I only saw the trailer up until this point. So you don't know what to expect. You thinking it's just, this is a male character. And when you learn that this is a female character, it kind of brings more depth into the ep into the series. And seeing her fight in the fight scenes in here and how she is able to handle these guys. I mean, she literally is Beatrice Kiddo, the bride from, you know, um, from Kill Bill. I would also add the only thing I did not like about this show is that they kind of use the the actual music, the the the, the 
famed music from Kill Bill in there, the, you know, the crazy 88 scene film um, music during a montage here. I was like, ah, oh, that's that, that kind of dampens it, but it not really because after you watch the entire series, you're just blown away by her journey to try to find who's behind all of the um, the chaos that has damned her life and all the characters in here. She's joined by Ringo, who's just um, he's a he's he's a handicap, you know, uh, guy. He worked with his father in a noodle shop. He somehow was able to regardless. He, he was born with um, without hands. He had, he was he had some type of informity, um deformities uh, as a child and somehow he was he manages to get by and be able to work with life without hands and be able to do things that he that people can do with ease but he's able to do it and he got somehow inspired by Mizu when she appeared in her father's in his father's shop and he decided to say screw you I'm out and joins her and he becomes the heart of this series as well um then you have uh akami and say um and, and tagan tagan is played by darren barnett darren barnett is um the, he plays an, an, in a game that i recently just he, he stars in the actual game that i actually played earlier this year and that's immortals of avion he's jack in immortals of avion and as far as i know he does not have any asian background to him at all um oh wait no 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 oh no it is i'm reading um correction correction on my part he is his mother is of swedish and japanese descent okay so he is, he does have an asian background i did not well he has such a hybrid of uh nationalities here he also has his father's German and um, Cherokee descent. So he, he, he he's qualified for multiple roles here. So actually did enjoy him on Immortals Avion. Uh, I believe he also played in a in a few series because my wife recognized him immediately um, from something that she watched. So uh, I don't I think that was was it? I think it was. Um, was he in like uh, All American or something like that? I don't know. Uh, cause I don't watch all American, but I think she recognized him when I was playing the game and she recognized him on the spot, uh, which really tells you how really great the, uh, the work on that game was, um, by the way, that game is about to get new game plus, And I may jump back on that game. It was, it was pretty good for, for the most part, but it wasn't cyberpunk by any stretch, but I digress. So he's in here playing Tegan and Tegan, uh, is a, was kind of Mizu's bully back in the day. And because she is a mixed race um, character in here, she's half Asian and half white. And she never knew who the hell her father was. You'll find out later on in this show. I'll tell you that. But um, she has blue eyes, which kind of the features that is frowned upon against everybody of her country. They call her a demon, a freak, because she has blue eyes and um you know she they really they know that she's not pure asian if you will um or japanese for that matter so tegan has always been a bully to her and she wanted to get him back and she she finally kind of did by humiliating her and um, humiliating him i should add and by doing so uh, you know messed up his opportunity to uh marry uh akimi who played by brenda song who i've seen in dads and a few other um portrayals and tv shows and whatnot uh so 
she wants to marry him but her father wants to um her father pretty much is trying to marry her to off to somebody else for dowry reasons and she doesn't want that so she convinces him to select Tygen. it's um and if Tygen can you know is considered to be a, a great warrior and unstoppable if he could defeat everybody and he's you know that's a done deal to get married but problem is he fell in he crossed paths with mizu mizu not only you know defeated him but she chopped off his head uh, or his hair uh giving him a ball spot and it was a clean clean cut and that embarrassment lost his chances to marrying akimi uh akimi which she didn't care about it she still you know would have convinced him but he felt like his honor was taken so he was determined to find uh mizu and kill him appropriately honorably and do so so he, he left despite the fact that she assured him like she still loves him she still wants to be him they slept together and what a scene that was and um he was like i still gotta you know because it's feudal japan and that ideology is like no my honor is worth more than anything so like even you even you putting out is not enough <laughs> for that um i think today's standards would change greatly <laughs> to, to say the least but he decided to go and you know do it and i knew taking think of him as the, the, the vegeta type of character here he goes after mizu and still nobody knows that mizu is actually a girl at this point except for ringo so they're off to this adventure trying to find who's in charge and who's you know who's the guy at head because she that's who she wants revenge on and they still don't talk about why she wants revenge of this person yet and you find out later on in this in this show but you'll find out definitely trust me when i tell you but all through this the animation the character uh development the performances everything it gets you so drawn in there's a lot of game of thronesy like type of things in here that you like and also game of thronesy it's like game of thrones means kill bill at this point it, it really is it has a lot of that in there there's a lot of storytelling in here to have george takei Aseki, who's like the right hand he's kind of like the um I guess the overseer of uh, Akami in here, you know, he's really awesome. I mean, there's just some really great characters in here all through the, for all eight episodes, but another one like this was so good out of all three of these stories that I will tell you, this one may be the best. And I'm saying this because like, I can say this now because I don't think we're going, I don't know if we're, it depends on how Invincible season two ends. If Invincible Season 2 ends the way that Invincible Season 1 ended, we're in for a deal because as much as I am enjoying Loki this Season 2, it doesn't hold up to 1. Uh, maybe because it's because it's way too slow paced and I'm waiting to see if what's really going to come out of this. And I don't know, with next week coming, it has to be majorly big to say that all this makes sense in here because it's, it's very complex right now. And we don't know where all this is leading to so i don't know we'll we'll see it depends on it, um how if i don't know how many seasons or episodes um episodes there will be for uh invincible season two and how long they're gonna be they're gonna I, this one was like an hour so we may have it you know at this point i love gen v because uh, the season finale of gen v came uh just recently and Woof, did that end off with a big cliffhanger for season three of uh the boys so it was a great introduction 
it was awesome i would say that's a, a strong candidate for show of the year but this one because it was so unexpected and i didn't i wasn't prepared for what i was seeing and everything that happened this was an awesome awesome series and i think this was my this is personally my favorite show of 2023 so far again uh, invisible 2 i think they it's their it's their ball game right now they have a chance to you know top what they've done in season one because when they came out with season one that was voted the best uh, show of the year this right now may be the one i don't know what scott pilgrim's gonna do either like i don't expect scott pilgrim to be anywhere near like this but scott pilgrim should still be awesome as well but we'll find that out in about a couple weeks from now too so we'll see man it, it so far netflix is really killing it check out all three of these shows um they're awesome and then netflix just got so much more content in there right now I'm, i feel like i'm endorsing netflix and i'm not getting paid for this but look it is what it is they are coming hard with some really great content for us and it, also yu yu haka show is coming too in december or something so i'm oh my god my fingers crossed to that one they're they have a right now netflix's momentum in terms of content is really well done if they screw up that that one i think it takes them down a peg a few pegs if they screw up yu yu haka show so we'll see um but nonetheless they're really coming strong right now with with really great content i mean especially going up against disney plus and all those other um streaming apps right now the streaming networks right now they're coming very strong they're coming back for their throne and it's it's hard to say that they might get it this year who knows we'll see but um folks that will do it for this edition of talk time live i hope you guys enjoyed it again um this week on select start i'm going to be reviewing ufc 5 we are a week away from the uh what is it uh the premiere of naruto cross baruto ultimate ninja storm connections i probably won't be reviewing that one at the ready because it comes out like friday of that week and then thursday i will be um talking with amanda c miller but that uh, that interview won't be out probably till friday or probably friday or saturday at best but nonetheless um it, we, that will be coming soon uh we will be talking about that game and what she's been up to and all this stuff too i will also say this week actually probably tomorrow tomorrow tuesday i will have another guest it is official uh that i will have back on the show jeffrey thorne the writer producer show writer former actor um you guys seen his work on ultimate spider-man you see the animated series um avengers uh assembled also avengers black panther's quest he's also uh executive producer of power uh book two ghost and he's done a ton of other things he's wrote recently for green lantern on uh, dc comics uh he's also done uh blood syndicate when he was last here that's what we were talking about we'll do some catching up with that and his thoughts on the uh entire season of that um as well as he's a writer he's a writer for both comics and tv shows which means yes he was affected by the writer's strike he was uh, pr uh protesting and advocating in the writer's strike the writer's strike is over we're going to talk about his thoughts on that and how they went down and what he thought about it from there so we got a lot and as well as the sag after strike as well so we'll be talking about all that stuff 
which will probably be released tomorrow unless so stay tuned for that and then next week on the prime show the marvels is coming out i got a group of people from the acmg facebook group coming we're going to get together have a lot of fun at marcus theater aka movie tavern um a lot of great food great reclining seats there and uh, we're gonna have a great time we got the best seats in the house too for that so stay tuned for that and i'll give my thoughts on sunday on how that went down in our and what we thought of that too so stay tuned for that much much more but for now if you like this episode and all of the episodes that we have both audio and video on talk time live or acmg presents talk time live you can check out all of them back issues everything all of our archives everything is there on talktimelive.com all of our audio episodes are video exclusives including the ones that will be coming up soon all there you got some of your favorite favorite tv uh er anime actors from naruto you have my hero academia all that it's all on talktimelive.com you can't miss a beat with that uh kyle abear the voice of gohan and ryu from street fighter you got you know uh, my good friend danielle kennedy she was on day shift um which was the jamie fox vampire deal with snoop and all that stuff so she did that she was grandpire vampire grandma she also she was also uh, on ghostbusters uh afterlife as well um brian o'halloran from clerks you can see that uh yene bazel the tribute games uh you know storyboard writer from teenage mutant ninja turtles uh shredder's revenge you got my man mega ran who is the voice of this show of course is on air so many people game developers artists you name it on here as well um brian donovan kevin conroy I actually have a, a press interview that i did with him as well go in go into talk live.com and go into the exclusive page and see all the people that are on here that i had the pleasure and privilege of being able to talk to and learn about their worlds as well and of course my friend molly flanagan the voice of naruto as well pops up every so often in here and i finally got it for a video exclusive so go out of your way check that out and um it's all there but that's not it there's more <laughs> my panels with bleach the, the cast of bleach the cast of sailor moon the um that time i got reincarnated as a slime clips of me with the pokemon cast clips with me with the my hero academia you know cast all there go offer you to check out and enjoy also blog content as well you know my footage and thoughts on uh, this year's new york comic-con games uh you know game products that you may want to check out by the way there's another one coming too so there's another um, uh, unbox coming soon i just um ordered a new little gaming toy that you guys might want to enjoy especially all of you retro gamers out there so see how that goes see if that plays in good if it actually makes it here um read some good reviews about it not only just good reviews reviews with actual pictures of people actually owning the damn device so that was enough for me to go like okay let me check this out <coughs> excuse me and um see how this works and see if this is a good fit for you so stay tuned for all that but all this is on talktimelive.com so go to that website and enjoy all of that there if you like to listen on some of your favorite podcast platforms you could check it out wherever podcasts are played that is also spotify iHeartRadio, apple podcast google podcast stitcher Podbean, tune in audible pocket cast pandora you name it we are there so go enjoy it keep supporting us keep on spreading the word keep showing us give us give us the support that we need that i need <laughs> that request but enjoy it because this is just a way to enjoy what we love but take your mind off of things that's going on in the world so 
Thank you guys for doing it and being a part of this every single week. So that'll do it for me. On behalf of myself, all I gotta say is learn to let go, live life, and love all things anime, comics, movies, and games. This is ACMG Presents Talk Time Live. I am out here. Take care, have a great week, and get ready for the interview with Jeffrey Thorne. Music for this episode is provided by Game Chops. Check out these great chiptune tracks and more at music.gamechops.com.